Hello, and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. to the first episode of the wheel of crime podcast in 2022 what a weird thing to say that's my uh my victory trumpet um finally 2021 is over uh and what was your question oh yeah my name oh wait that wasn't your question but my name is emily <laughs> i don't think i asked any questions but you you do, you do be given answers <laughs> It's been a day, uh, I guess. So, <laughs> how has the start of your year been so far? Are you feeling how are you feeling? Uh, turning twenty five, you turned twenty five over the holidays. Yep, I don't want to talk about that because it gives me anxiety. <laughs> another year, another year to fly by, and then we'll be turning twenty six soon. Will you shut up right now? <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, I do. I did read something the other day though that I like, uh, just in regards to age. So I never really thought about this, but technically speaking, when you turn or when you turn to twenty-five, um, that it's you're starting your twenty-fifth year. So technically, you're not like truly twenty-five until you turn twenty-six. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I can I can see that. It makes me feel slightly better about aging. Right. So you just started your 25th rotation. You're not like truly 25 until you've finished that rotation. There we go. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I'll ask the pressing question that I know all of our listeners are uh, on their edge of their seats to hear them. Mm-hmm. And, and which question would that be? Uh, did you finish your Christmas shopping or were you there on Christmas Eve with all the dads? I really hammered it out <laughs> the week before, uh, but I did have a couple things coming in from Amazon that may or may not have arrived on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, that's that's pretty on point, though, for, for me, as for who I am as a person, so... Uh, good for that. Um, as for that, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it was just nice to get a little break in over the holidays with just how hectic things were towards the end of the year there. And I'm just thankful to be here. I mean, I think things are always super hectic around the holiday season slash the end of the year. People are really trying to, like, do stuff. And uh, it all has mm -hmm. to happen at once for some reason. Right? They're like... Uh, they're like, screw the rest of the year. The rest of the year, uh, you can go to work and do nothing. Um, except for at the end of the year, your family is going to need you to do 8 million things. And uh, that's basically that. Uh, hope you got room and time for it. <laughs> Hopefully you accomplished all the other things you wanted to do earlier. Because now you no longer have time to do any of it. Right? Well, and that's like I had a personal goal over the holidays to try and keep an eye out for like uh, potentially getting a new cell phone. Just because mine's starting to get a little bit... It's creeping up in age a little bit, but um, I realized, though, that if I did that, that I would have to buy a new um, 
a new uh, phone holder for my for my work vehicle because how I have it set up is I super glued a magnet to my phone case because <laughs> <laughs> it's a because it, it needs a particular type of magnet that won't like screw with your phone mm-hmm. that will attach itself to the vehicle of your car for when you're driving and I installed this literally it was like early November and then I was like oh I should look for a new phone because I'm an idiot so now i'm gonna wait for the case to blow up and then i'm gonna look at getting a new phone because after all that work i am not interested in going out and buying another new (laughs) magnet system with another new phone with a new phone case and have to get new magnets to then super glue to my new phone case that is too much no thank you it, it does sound like a lot so i do understand you're uh, your already on that. a lot of work with transferring everything. So that's the thing. I'm going to wait for the the current phone case I have to fall apart or something. Maybe <laughs> that'll never happen. But I will give it some time and then uh once I feel like I've gotten my use out of it, then then I'll then I'll move on to the phone project is is my thought. Once you once you've uh, re-energized from that whole thing, then you can find a new phone. Well, and then too like not to get into a whole rant about this, but <laughs> I don't, I don't really use super glue that often, and I one hundred percent super glued my fingers together <laughs> when this when, when I was working on this originally, and then I couldn't use my thumbprint on my phone to like open my phone because uh, I had super glue all over my thumb pads and all of my fingers, so it thought I was a hacker or something, and it's just been, I, it's been a rough little while here and i'm not over it yet the trauma is still very real well when you do eventually get a new phone they have got face id now so there's that to look forward to well i I do have that but for whatever reason sometimes like if i'm wearing sunglasses and a mask it's like ah you're a burglar i i don't know who this woman is she may not enter this phone and i'm like okay (laughs) sounds good thanks Um, i'm i'm over this yeah, yeah, it's it's tiring. I'm done with it. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think if there was anything else we really did over the holidays, but other than uh, Christmas and your birthday, uh, that's been basically it. I've enjoyed my break, and I'm ready to hear a story. Cool. Well, then let's get right into it. Let's spin our wheel of questions. Yeah. What did you do on New Year's Eve this year? What did I do? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, New Year's Eve this year, I went on a little va- a little getaway vacay with you and you and your partner. You did for sure. We went to Radium Hot Springs. It was so freaking fun. I sat in a hot pool of water in a cold little mountain town, and it was a vibe. Right. I know that's that's a thing. Something about being in the mountains when it's snowing is well, I mean it's hella dangerous, but it's also like very spiritually invigorating. I had a great time. Champagne and swimsuits is never a bad time. Never. Hap- it was it was a great New Year. I feel like it was a fun way to ring in 2022, and hopefully it sets the tone for this year. We're only having yes. good vibes. 
And I'm of the opinion uh, that what you do on New Year's Eve will, like, uh, be the the vibe you set for the new year moving forward. So I feel like I had a lot of fun and, you know, I enjoy your guys' company. And uh, hopefully that means this year will be full of your company and also good time, Also more good times. Exactly. Very excited. Um, yeah, no, that's basically all I did, I think. Uh, unless there's something you want to add. I mean, we did the exact same thing because we were together. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> right? So, okay, on that note, then, I will spin our Wheel of Questions. Number four. What is your worst New Year's Eve experience? I don't really have one, honestly. Every year uh, that, you know, we've been friends, I spent it with you for your birthday. I don't think there's been a single... I don't think there's been a single year where I haven't spent it on your birthday. Unless I've been traveling or something. But I don't... I can't really remember a bad one. Um, I do know, though, that there is one that your your partner hates. So can I... So can I take that to be his worst... His worst uh, New Year? <laughs> I feel like there was one New Year's Eve where you weren't having the best time. Uh, oh, was that the one where you had a crush on that guy and there, we were, like, supposed to go skating or something and then there was, like, something weird that happened with that? No, I was thinking about when I was living in BC, I came back one year and we went to one of the clubs in Red Deer and... There was some drama with a boy that you were seeing. Oh my god! And you were okay, wearing you know like what? I take it back. A mini. I skirt. take it back. Yeah, that was by far the worst New Year's. I blocked that out. That was too traumatizing because I was like weeping in the club, and then your mom came and saved us, and she, and I'm like, why doesn't he love me? <laughs> well, and you were like, it's fine. I just remember it's you fine. were wearing literally no clothes and i wasn't really either but i at least had a coat and you were (laughs) shivering so hard and we were just like huddling together like shivering (laughs) together we'd also gone to it it, thankfully it's not around anymore but we had gone also to to the town's sketchiest club on the face of the planet because they were giving out free alcohol (laughs) yeah they were giving out free alcohol I don't know what we were thinking. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, it was probably my harebrained plan. I don't think this is something you would have came up with on your own. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Right? You know what, though? You're right. That was probably my worst New Year's, actually. I, if if I'm going to be honest, I didn't think that was on New Year's. I thought that was just like a different winter weekend that we went out. No, it was on New Year's. I remember. And then... I remember we came back to my parents' house because I was back for the holidays and we had a very nice heart to heart and it was good because I feel like at that point, it was like one of the only points in our friendship where I think we were kind of like on the outs with each other because I had Mm -hmm. moved far away and we just uh, had drifted apart a little bit. Navigating conversations and stuff like that when, yeah, when with having you be gone and stuff. No, I think that, I think that's a good point. Yeah, so I don't know. I remember our heart to heart after that was like super nice for me, and I was like, just... "Now is it is that the one at our house where like you like very politely put the garbage can beside me because you thought I was going to throw up?" No, that was definitely a different time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, I know they they all blend together, but no, I remember that conversation. I thought it was really sweet, and now here we are, years Bestie later, still only. 
best friends. Um, no, uh, but before, before you remind me of that really super fun New Year's, I was thinking of the one where you and John had, uh, made sangria for the first time, but you didn't have any mix, so it was just red wine, brandy, and, like, whiskey or something, with no mix, and then John had maybe 18 glasses of it, and <laughs> just... <laughs> And hit the deck and didn't get back up again for I think a full day after that. Well, it, what happened was is we <laughs> we went out to pre-drink at a at a bar and then we were planning on having a little New Year's Eve party at, at my place and it was like one of our first times making sangria. I think we made it once before, but mm-hmm. um, so we had the wine, we had the orange brandy liqueur, and yeah, I think those are the only two things and we had mix we just forgot to add it like we added all the fruit we added like literally five bottles of wine and like oh yeah so it was like strong literally staring at this like container of of liquid would probably make you drunk just on the spot like there was so much alcohol in that and then so john and i had both had like quite a few glasses he was definitely crushing it more than me and then he absolutely was <laughs> some two of his friends were like did you guys add mix to this like it's a really strong and me and john looked mm. at each other and we're like the mix oh no and then i think he I realized because well, i at that I remember moment working that night and i didn't come until later and but by that time like john was already show wasty and you were like oh you gotta try some of the sangria and i was like this is a powerful sangria <laughs> Well, I think that this shit is toy. Like, I think when we realized we didn't put the mix in, he had a moment of clarity of how drunk he was. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. And then his friends were there too. Oh my god, was that the same time that um the one friend who I'm not gonna name had to apologize to me because he was staring? My boobs. Yes, that was the same evening. <laughs> no. Yes. Stop. He was like... I also had blocked that out. Laser-eyed into your chest. <laughs> the whole time. To be fair, though, that dress that I was wearing that night, it was so cute. I love that dress. My Were my tits out? Yes. Would I probably wear that dress again if it still fit? Absolutely, I would. <laughs> Do I understand why my boobs were being stared at? Unfortunately, yes, I do understand why that happened. Do you like it? No. <laughs> do, do I appreciate that it happened? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, not a fan. Exactly. Okay. That's super funny. I I had also blocked out that one. Oh boy. Good times. Except yeah. for when they're not. Um, but yeah. Uh so then what was your worst New Year's then? I don't know. It's hard because my New Year's Eve and my birthday kind of like bleed into each other. My birthday is on January 1st for anyone who doesn't know. Um, mm-hmm. And birthdays, I feel like, are always hard as an adult because it's just not like the same. And like getting older makes me anxious. And I just feel yeah, there's like... There's a negative connotation after, after I think you turn 21. There's a very negative connotation on getting older after that. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, honestly, like, I haven't had any, like, super awful, terrible, like, New Year's Eves. Like, they're all pretty, like, ranging from, like, really good to, like, 
you know, it was fine. It was a fun night, but, like, nothing special. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, the worst one was probably 2020. Like, it was just kind of a weird year, and it was, like, a weird end to the year. I liked having you there, and, like, that was fun, but, like... It just oh, hang felt... on. Is this the one where I had, like, red wine and you maybe some vodka grants and I think I had two <laughs> glasses and went to bed before midnight? <laughs> yes, but that's not you why. It wasn't, like... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it wasn't, like, terrible. So I feel, like, kind of bad saying... Like, it wasn't terrible. It was just weird. I, like, was in a weird mood because the year had been so weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, I, I can see that one. I think, too, like, uh, if I, if you hadn't reminded me of the other one, I probably would have also actually picked uh, 2020s being my worst one. Uh, partially because I somehow got litty titty off of, what, two glasses of booze and then drunkenly called my husband <laughs> to be like, what's up? And then went to bed immediately afterwards. Uh <laughs> but also for the same reasons where it's just it wasn't the same like uh you we normally do a routine around your birthday with seeing friends and all that stuff and it just was different it was then i don't know it was just like a weird end to a very weird year mm-hmm. word to that um well now no, we should spin for our next question please <laughs> number one what is your best New Year's Eve? My best one? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I really, really like the one where I think it was your first uh, time having people over in the apartment um, that you live in now. Maybe? Am I thinking of New Year's? Is it the one that came? No. Um... Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But I remember, um, I thought it was New Year's, but I thought that we had had, uh, you'd had people over because you'd moved into this place towards the end of the year and it was, like, going to be your first one there. And it was, like, me and, like, Andy came down at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that that was, uh, it might have been... uh, It might have been the one that was there. I think it was. Because you and Andy came down. But then it was also, like, some of John's friends were there, though, too. Like, not, like kirk or any of them but like uh i know duncan was there and like one other guy yeah i think it was because um you and andy came down and then we went for sushi that night and did like some stuff in calgary yeah Yeah, that was 2019 new year's eve that was 2019 yeah yeah okay so i i I am thinking of the right thing then yeah because i remember we came down like we did sushi i think the next day we went to like value village or something Mm -hmm. Or, like, whatever. But, no, I actually, like, that was probably one of my favorites. Like, being able to see friends and, like, go out on the town and, like, get some sushi because of who I am as a person. I mean, I do I do love sushi. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. That's definitely one of, my, one of my faves if I'm not, you know, counting this most recent year. Because uh, I, think, I think us going to the hot springs is probably the first time we've done anything like that for your birthday. Usually we stay in. I know. Yeah, I would say, like excluding this year because I honestly did have a really good time and I feel like it was like a perfect like the the perfect vibe for what I would want in a birthday but um 2019 was one of my favorite New Year's Eves as well because I don't know I just feel like we had like a really good group of people we played games like you know it was just fun overall and then me and you did some thrifting we did some sush the next day like it was good 
Oh, so good. And then, yeah, and then that was also the one where Andy brought down, uh, he brought down that drinking game where you get, you have to be, like, Mrs. Pickle or, like, something. Yes, and, yes. And, like, on the board game. See, I thought that was so much fun. And then we fun. also played, um, we played, uh, whatever that, t- Jackbox. We also played Jackbox, I think, for the first time yeah. as, like, in person at that one, too, which was also super fun. That was one, because Jonathan and I had just discovered Jackbox because at Christmas his sister had bought it and so we played it and so we immediately bought it because we're like this would be really fun for our New Year's Eve party and it was super Mm -hmm. fun and then we also played Mario Party I think yeah the 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 because this year they came out with a new one it would have been the the one that came out with Switch when the Switch was first dropped right that was a lot of fun too I love Mario Party Yes, it was so fun. And our one this past year was also really fun. We played games. We went to the hot springs. We ate some good food. Like, honestly, I couldn't ask for anything better. Right? I know. So pumped. It's such a good time of year because I get to spend it with you. What was your question again? (laughs) What was your favorite New Year's? (laughs) Okay, so then what's your favorite? Or no, you answered that already. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, honestly, the only thing I really care about is being able to spend it with you and John. I remember the one year where you you lied to me and said you were going to be out of town. I remember literally crying in (laughs) Bower Mall in Red Deer because I was like, Emily's not coming. And then I checked your snap map and you were like on your way back. And I was like, she is coming. Yep. I remember that. That was, that was, that was a good one too. John was in on it, by the way, for that whole time. He knew I was coming back. I know. And I was so sad because you're like, I'm not coming. And I was like, legitimately like in tears <laughs> being like, I just wanted to see M. Like this sucks. I have gifted you with my presents once again for your birthday. I hope you are thankful. I am. It's like (laughs) the only thing I want. No, you're so sweet. Um, that reminded me of something else, but I don't remember anymore. Oh, well. Should we spin for our last question? Yes, spin away. If I'm remembering correctly, you're not much of a New Year's resolution person, right? Not really. Um... I'm of the opinion that it's nice to set goals for the year, but life circumstances can change and change goals that might have once been attainable to ones that are not. And also, if you were serious about certain types of goals, you probably would have started them previous to the new year. Right. But if Also, you... I fucking hate that the gyms are so full in January. <laughs> Talk about one of my biggest pet peeves of all time is how full the gyms are in January. Oh, man. Only like com- coming from someone in the town fitness in December. Industry, I'm not surprised. That's the thing. Well, yeah. And it's like, okay, like working in the fitness industry, am I happy that people are using the equipment? Yes. Uh, am I happy that they are using it improperly and breaking things and then also taking time away from me doing things uh yeah i do also actually really hate that so um (laughs) it's called balance i suppose i suppose but my question is for you if you had to pick one new year's resolution for 2022 what would it be i just want to be a badass bitch all year round every day I want you a girl need to boss. Own at least twelve pairs <laughs> of Versace underwear. 
by 2023. <laughs> One for every month in each color. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, the Versace purchase, I may have girl girl boss a little too close to the sun on that one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, for for real though, I guess my big thing is like, um, I do want to come out of this year, you know, feeling a little bit more successful, maybe a little bit more comfortable with who I am as a person and kind of where I am at in life. And yeah, no, I, I want to be the kind of person that I can be proud of. And that's really my only goal. Aw, that's so nice. Yeah. And that's about it. What about you? I think my biggest goal for this year is just to have a better time <laughs> than I did last year. <laughs> um, See, I- I'm also kind of there. I just want to be happy, mm-hmm. dog. I, I like. I just. I just. I want to be happy. That's about it. Yeah, 2020 and 2021 were both pretty hard years. Um, in a lot of ways for a lot of people, and honestly, this year I just wanna find some semblance of normal maybe travel a little bit again because i really miss Mm -hmm. that and yeah just have a good time that's all i want from the year if i can do that i'll be happy yep i can agree with that one just happier in general um like i said i i I, that's pretty much my only goal is what i said (laughs) (laughs) that's all i got for you no more struggle only good time. Yes, that is that is the vibe we're outlining for this year, and we're sticking to it. Yep. All right. I am very curious to hear what your story is for today. Um, if I had to guess, I would say that uh, the crime is John not putting mix in the sangria <laughs> and making a story for the ages. Uh, you would be correct. Okay, uh, that wraps up today's episode. We'll see you guys all next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, today, obviously, our, uh, my topic is regarding a crime that is committed on New Year's Eve, if you couldn't tell. Um, a crime. I thought it was fitting coming out of this holiday season. So, that's what we're going into. I'll just get right into it. Oh, hell yeah. So today I'm going to tell you about Maria Pia Suarez Cassonier, who was born on September 24th, 1966. Maria loved painting, classic statues, collecting Persian rugs. Honestly, same. Um, <laughs> I know. Like, quick sidebar, I, I too have been... <laughs> not dabbling, but uh, investigating the antique Persian rug type look i love it i I love it it's so it's such a good vibe maria has a good vibe i like her i like her already oh yeah so far she's like uh like she she's right on my level i i totally get it yes and she also loved her dog coco chanel which oh hell yeah we'd be besties iconic you know iconic love Uh, it (laughs) So for 16 years, she worked diligently for Morton Plant Hospital in Clearwater, Florida. Maria had three children named Mario Andres Gomez, Maria Jose Gomez, and Christian Gomez. Christian, we're going to talk about him primarily in this story, so I'll just dive into his, uh, his whole deal. He was a graduate of East Lake High School in Florida. And once a happy and affectionate child, he began acting out around the time he turned 18. 
He couldn't hold down a job. He didn't want to drive. He stopped taking showers and he isolated himself from the rest of his family. There was a stop. Taking showers is a crime. That, that do be the biggest crime. Let's be honest. But well, maybe we'll wait to see what happens next. <laughs> You're like, that maybe not. We'll see. So far, the biggest crime, not taking showers. <laughs> By the end of it, yeah. I guess we'll see what you think. So there was a stack of papers detailing the number of mental health professionals and agencies that Maria contacted with the hope of getting Christian long-term treatment. One document diagnoses him as schizophrenic. Another says that he's bipolar and others mention depression and psychotic behavior. So Christian liked to be alone. He watched TV, played video games, and sat outside for hours to stare at the grass and sky. He was eventually diagnosed with schizophrenia and sometimes heard echoes and flipped over his mattress at night and put it against the door to kind of try and put the voices at bay. He said that's the only thing that could help him. Hmm. That's spooky. It is spooky. Meanwhile, behind a closed door, his mother Maria had started sleeping with a kitchen knife under her pillow, just in case. <laughs> love that. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't love that, but like also I understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eventually, taking care of Christian costs Maria her job. Family members say, and she was worried that she couldn't leave him alone. He'd once been picked up by police for wandering around the neighborhood, asking people if he could live with them, and she would bring him to Mee's Countryside Hospital, where she worked in admitting. Christian had been in trouble with the law in the past, but... Uh, He'd previously been arrested for loitering and disorderly contact, but it was nothing too serious. Um, predictably, that bringing him to the hospital with her, that strategy backfired. Um, and she was unable to afford private inpatient care for her son and unable to find a room in state facilities. She tried caring for him in her in her own uh, home and she would rush and she would crush his pills and sprinkle them over his food because he refused to take his medication. Christian discovered the ruse and ex- and accused his mother of trying to poison him. So the relationship is definitely a bit tenuous. Right, but at the same time, maybe he needs different medication if he's looking at like, you know, her giving him his medication for his condition as him her trying to poison him definitely but i definitely i think i think the problem really here is that like he's not getting proper care and that's not her fault like she's trying but there's definitely a flaw in the system i'd say so yep so maria's oldest son mario said she applied to get him help she got the right medication but Things weren't right in the house. Maria lived at 1924 Sheffield Court in a three-bedroom home with 24-year-old, 23-year-old Christian and her 16-year-old daughter, Maria Jose. And the older son, Mario, uh, lived elsewhere. He wasn't living with them anymore. He had told the the therapist that he felt like a burden to my mom, Maria Jose said. He thought that me and my mom were watching him through the TV. He was very paranoid. So Maria Jose was not allowed to stay home alone with her brother 
after he exhibited inappropriate behavior towards her. And both Maria and Maria Jose and her mom said that it just was a no-go. Like, she was not allowed to be alone with him because of what he'd done. But no one's Mm -hmm. quite sure exactly what he did. Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I think it's easy enough to draw a conclusion, though, if it's of a sensitive nature, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. So his uncle, Mario Suarez, tried to chat with him in 2010 when his mom, Maria, was making repairs to the house. Quote, I would find him in the backyard reading like a little Bible and chanting, said Uncle Mario, and he would look up at the sky and say he loved to talk to the stars and talk to God. Maria did what she could for her middle child, at least as much as a single mother could afford. There were doctor's visits, lots of meds, and at least one fruitless encounter with the state's Barker Act. And on one afternoon of December 30th, 2014, Christian's grandparents took him for a regularly scheduled visit with the therapist where he decided that Christian needed to find a new psychiatrist. So they were like, no more, my dude. You need to... Find someone else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Maria said, My mom loved Christian. She would do anything to protect him. um, But nobody could help us. She went to therapists, psychiatrists, counselors. Every time something else happened, they would try and up his dose of meds. They didn't take the time to really look at Christian and figure out what was wrong with him. So Christian's Mm -hmm. condition worsened the days before December 31st, 2014, when his older brother, Mario, visited the family from Virginia. The brothers argued often and definitely weren't huge fans of each other. When Mario came, he was in his room more, Maria Jose said. My mom, she wasn't focused on Mario, but since she only sees him once a year, she just wanted to spend time with him. And like all of us, Christian didn't want to be any part of that. He would just stay in his room. So there's definitely lots of tension going on in the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like some interpersonal conflicts also between the siblings probably doesn't help. For sure. On New Year's Eve, Mario cooked corned beef, potatoes, and cabbage for dinner. The family, including Christian, gathered at the table and said grace. After dinner, after dinner Maria dropped her daughter, Maria Jose, off at work at about 5 p.m. at Little Caesars and headed home. Mario recalls that his mom was came home from dropping off the daughter. She was in her room listening to music. And afterward, he went to go read a book. And when Christian sat, or he was reading his book, when Christian sat in front of him on the floor, watched him for a few moments, and then left, which he thought was odd, but not totally uncommon. Five minutes mm-hmm. later, Christian asked his mother if she wanted help bringing down boxes from the attic to store holiday decorations she said yes and together they headed towards the garage maria recalls that he heard a thump in the garage and he thought it was the boxes they were bringing down outside the house veronica allen maria's friend had just arrived so that maria could dye her hair she walked towards the open garage door and saw christian with a swiffer and a broom and a bucket He was mopping up what Veronica thought was red paint. Veronica then called Maria to tell her Christian was acting strangely. She left a voicemail and text messages, and when Maria didn't reply, Veronica left, thinking there had been some kind of family dispute. 
Mario, who was still reading inside, noticed about 20 minutes later that the house was too quiet. He got up and, and his mother hadn't returned to her room. He opened the garage door and saw a puddle of blood and an axe leaning against a wall. He followed a trail of blood to the front door. Outside, he discovered his mother's headless body and his brother was missing. Mario called 911 and he said, Oh my God, he yelled into the phone. I can't believe it. A few blocks away on Forest Drive, Christian asked for four neighbors playing poker in an open garage for beer. They gave him a water bottle instead and a man named Ronald Quick approached Christian who was hiding near uh, the garage cans and gave him the water. He noticed blood on Christian's ankles and Christian rode off on his bike. The neighbors noticed helicopters overhead and called 911. At about 8 p.m., Deputies spotted Christian, and he had tried to ride past a cruiser in front of them, but he actually fell off his bicycle and onto the grass of one of his neighbor's houses. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to outrun the police car with his... Police on a bicycle. <laughs> Which, yeah. you know, valiant effort. I'll say uh, 10 out of 10 times that doesn't work. I feel like bikes are not built to be faster than cars, but... uh. You you really April tried something effort, I guess. there. Yeah. Exactly. So back at home, investigators found Maria's head in a trash can. At the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office Dunning Station, homicide detectives spoke to Christian for the first time. In short, he whispered sentences. Christian said that he had thoughts about killing his mother for two days prior, and he told detectives that he was angry when he grabbed the axe and swung it like a baseball bat at her and he said quote i finished her yikes that that no good i do not like that no sheriff bod Golteri told wfla news of christian's state of mind following his arrest quote in a very calm cool way he explained what he did why he did it and what happened and talked and by talking to him, you wouldn't know he had any mental illness. That's very scary. End quote. Which, I feel a little conflicted about that quote because I feel like there's no, like, one way to act if you have a, a mental illness. Yeah, that's kind of the, the tricky thing about mental Ill- illness is that it's an illness. You're gonna, you're gonna, it's not gonna be predictable all the time. Some days will be better than other days and, like... You know, that whole thing. So to look at somebody and be like, you're mentally ill. We expect you to behave a certain way. It's like, okay, that's that would that's literally not how that works. And also, like, there's not just, like, one type of way to act. Like, just because someone is struggling with schizophrenia, they might act completely different than another person who's suffering from schizophrenia. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, you can't compare apples to apples between people. No two people are alike even if they don't like struggle with mental illness you know exactly so but regardless i would probably be scared too because this man literally just decapitated his mother on a whim yeah that's the thing too like he's like oh i thought about for like two days before and it's like okay so two days of thinking led you to murder (laughs) okay (laughs) okay yeah that's uh, that's spooky that is all that's big spooky 
Yes. So Christian faced a first-degree murder charge in what authorities have called one of the most horrifying homicides in Pinellas County, and the judge initially found him incompetent to stand trial and ordered that his mental state needed to be reevaluated six months down the line. So he was ordered to remain in a state hospital until then. After being in said state hospital for roughly three years, Christian was declared competent to stand trial on July 9th, 2017. He was facing a life sentence and he accepted a plea deal that worked out to a 25-year sentence followed by 10 years of probation and treatment. However, this was very troubling for some of his relatives as they felt the state's mental health system had let them down before Maria's death and was now abandoning Christian in the aftermath of her murder. His uncle said, Quote, I hate for another person to go through what my family has gone through. It's an injustice. He doesn't need to be in jail. He needs to be in a mental hospital. I wish I could, I wish he could be sedated forever and not hurt anybody else because what he did was crazy. Nobody kills their mom and takes the, her head off. People shoot other people. They stab other people. This was different. This was evil. Fair enough. I mean, you can't really argue with that. Yeah. And so the family's argument that was that if he made progress in the mental hospital, they wanted him to stay there. They feared that he would go off his meds in prison and never get the intensive therapy that he needed. And they also wanted to be certain that they would never see him on the street again. His uncle said, quote, so maybe he gets out in 20 years. What happens after that? Where is he going to go? His sister is afraid of him. I mean, terrified. Not only did he kill her mom, but he wanted to make her his woman. I was just uh, thinking that, like what we were talking about earlier, about why he wasn't allowed in the same room as his sister. So then we, they know then what had happened. Because he just said that the brother, that the sister was scared of the brother. Mm -hmm. Because the brother killed their mom and wanted to, quote unquote, make the sister his woman. Yeah. It's like they know what happened, but it's, like, not been explicitly said. Yeah, which, I mean, I understand. Like, I don't... I'm thinking that, like, assault probably isn't what happened, but rather maybe an attempt or something like that. I don't know. I feel like... I mean, I don't really want to speculate because I don't know, but I feel like there's potential I'm just saying based off the information yeah yeah right um but no but that would explain a lot too about you know the nature of their relationship as well where you know he's not allowed to be around her and the other scary thing too is like his mom really would have been the only thing keeping him from attacking his sister and now she's no longer in the picture if I was the sister I would all yeah I'd be terrified I know the thought of him getting out in 20 years and not having undergone the therapy that he needs and not being on the meds that he needs and still not mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. properly evaluated. <laughs> yeah, like, that is genuinely worst-case scenario. So the uncle continues by saying, they say they'll monitor him for 10 years to make sure that he does take his medicine and he's not, but he's not going to take his medicine. Everybody just washed their hands of him. How could he be found competent after what he did? Again, fair enough. And that is my New Year's Eve tale for you. A man decapitating his mother. Lovely. 
Yes. Super lovely. <laughs> you really like doing these these hard stories where it's like uh you really want people to be able to get the help they need, but then at the same time it's kinda up to the family and a lot of times these families are like, No, like we think that they are a devil in disguise and they kill people and we don't want them around and you're like, Alright, well I mean yeah, I get it. Unfortunately, but Well, I think in this case the family really does want him to Oh, they really did do they really tried, like, like not to cut you off, but uh, I, I will, I will say that in this one compared to some of your other ones, the family really did do their best to get him help. They had him in therapy. They had him seeing psychiatrists. Even after he murdered the mom, the extended family was still trying to get him help. Mm-hmm. Like that's more than what most people can ask for. I know, and like the problem is, it was kind of a failure of the state before and after the murders because, like. Maria did what she could for her kid, but at the end of the day, like, single parents or even, like, people who have two parent families, like, there's limits to what they can do financially, and especially in the United States. And resources, yeah. It's expensive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and apparently Florida has, like, one of the worst, like, mental health, like, systems in all the country. Oh, probably. I mean, we've seen, like, what, however many Florida man stories? Like, it's not exactly a secret that people are bonkers in Florida. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, like, I really do feel like the family did all that they could. And, like, they're still trying to support him. But, like, they're also, like, please never let him out of jail. Oh, yeah. Which, again, I feel like all of those feelings are totally valid. Or let him out of jail, but, like, put him into a, a, a facility Mm-hmm. Somewhere where he's not going to get out and attack his sister, because that's very clearly been indicated in the past as well, I think is a big one. Yeah. But on that cheery note, that is the end of my tale for you today. <laughs> Lovely. I will spin to a, into our end credits then. So, if you liked today's episode, you can visit us on our website, www.wheelcrime.com, if you'd like to see more about who we are behind the show here. And if you would like to send us an email and say anything you like, maybe wish us a happy new year, that'd be kind of rad, you can email us, wheelofcrime at gmail.com. Um, say you want to support us financially, because that's a really super cool thing to do as well. You can visit us on Patreon, at Wheel of Crime. If you would like to keep up to date with what's going on with the show, you can visit us on our social media, which is at Wheel of Crime on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, and then if you like today's show or any of our shows and haven't left us a review yet, please do. You can visit us on iTunes, especially that's a big one, uh, and leave us a five-star review and it just, it would, it would be really helpful. It helps us get out to more listeners because that would be cool if we could, if we could get our numbers up and, uh, yeah, I think that is about it. That is all. We hope that you all had an awesome New Year's and have a great rest of 2022. We will see you next week for another new episode. Yep, yep, yep. See you soon. Bye. Bye.